Welcome to Eric's Man Cave. Hey, Joe McMiniman is an alderman here in the city of Springfield, Springfield, Illinois. Uh, we are going to be embracing recreational marijuana coming January 1st. Compliments of um, our governor, Jibby Pritzker, and then uh, our uh, city fathers, uh, the aldermen, and their uh, wisdom or lack thereof have decided that this is the deal. And so... The problem is that there are not rules and regulations in place for this to happen on January 1st. Nonetheless, it's going to happen in just a couple weeks. And Joe McMiniman, who is uh, in Ward 7, husband, father, 30 years in the Army National Guard. He's on the city council. Just a great guy. I get to sit with him once a month at the Regional Planning Commission meeting. I I had an opportunity to chat with him right after the meeting today. We kind of slipped down the hallway and I said, hey, Joe, can you take a couple of minutes and have a chat with us here on the podcast? And he said, absolutely. So what you're about to hear is Alderman Joe McMiniman. Here we are. I'm with uh, Alderman McMiniman. Last night was a council meeting, but you've been around town for how long? I've been here since 1979 after law school at Southern Illinois University. I was new and fresh to Springfield in 1979. Yeah, I I, I checked your bio out this morning, so I knew all about you. Married, your wife's a teacher, you got two amazing kids, and you're a lawyer and a tax guy and kind of a thorn in the flesh of some of the council people because you're a fiscally conservative person. Well, that's my reputation. I think that... uh, my constituents really appreciate my votes, and I get lots of compliments from around the city mm-hmm. where people see that I study the issues and I try to do what's right, and I'm not bought and paid for. I don't take any contributions from any entities or organizations that bring ordinances to the city council for approval, so that kind of makes me different. Yeah, I've been in Springfield 40 years, and uh, by the way, Eric, I, uh, I first ran for alderman in Ward eight in uh, 1988 and um, I was new and fresh and didn't get very far but I I took my precincts Um, and then uh, again in 1995 in Ward 10 and uh, a huge turnout Eric um, like over seven and a half thousand votes and I lost by 40 votes in Ward 10 the highest turnout award in the city. Did you ask for a recount? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> in, 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 in a way, everything's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, so yeah. Look, that's a blessing in disguise. It's not my turn. It's not, it's, it's not uh, my turn now. And so then uh, how many years later? In 1911, ran in Ward 7. 2011, not 1911. Same thing. <laughs> 2011. Yeah, this is... Uh, and what time yeah, is it right, in the morning? Right, right. Um, and so... I th- Here's a disclaimer. You are the alderman of the ward in which I pastor. On MacArthur Boulevard, yeah. and, yeah, and you take care of white. You take care of white oaks. You, it's it's weird because Leland Grove is just like a huge donut in the middle of your ward, right? It's really a great ward to represent. You've got you know the uh, the white oak small, as you say, and then you've got MacArthur Boulevard, and you got Washington Park, and you've got some really good strong neighborhoods. Fortunately, but I, I really p- try to pay attention to the problem properties throughout the city and efforts we need to make throughout the city. Well, I, we appreciate it that you are our old alderman on that side of town, being an advocate for us. And um, I don't always get to the city council meetings, but it's really nice um, that they do. Uh, Springfield News Now, I forget the exact website, but they they broadcast them live every every evening, and so I'm able to check it out. I was dropped into last night's meeting where you guys 
were buying millions of dollars of coal and <laughs> and talking about all of that. But the one that really kind of piqued my interest, of course, a lot of people is the legalization of marijuana. That was the big boulder that the governor pushed off the top of the mountain, and now everybody is trying to figure out how to deal with it. I was surprised to hear the chief of police last night still not having four corners on this box. Yeah, I th- you know, we're in new chartered territory. We're in new territory that has not been chartered, really. <laughs> and uh, so we've got a lot of issues and questions. I think we've moved way too fast into this recreational marijuana. I think it's going to change the fabric of our society and our norms and our um, habits in a lot of ways. And I'm particularly concerned about this marijuana getting into the young kids. Um, there is some ambiguity in the language um, of where you can smoke and not smoke. The they, they don't even know what a house is. Right. The, the, the statute says that was passed by the General Assembly, it says, you know, no uh, use in public sp- uh, uh, spaces, I think it says. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it says, but you can smoke it um, in your private residences. And that includes now, according to the police chief's interpretation, your front porch, your back porch. But what if you share a porch with somebody? Right. So, uh, you know, so the, 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 how do you define private residence? Does that mean inside the four walls? Mm-hmm. Well, we're getting an interpretation that includes outside your four walls. Right. And I think that's really inconsistent with some of the other language in the statute where they really didn't want to see public usage, particularly smoking, visible to impressionable young folks, for example. So you've got two adults smoking pot openly on their front porch, and you got kids playing in the front yard. I think that's um, really bad for our communities, bad for our families, bad for our employers, bad for lots of people. Um, I heard the police chief refer to himself as potentially a pot referee because there is not a black and white answer to a lot of this stuff. So they're just going to have to show up and be the intermediary between two parties that may be going at it because, hey, wait a second, why are you smoking on, you know, why are you smoking pot on your front porch? My my three-year-old's taking a nap in the next, well, here's the problem. Let's say it's a duplex. You own your half. I own my half. I get to do what I want in my half. And if I'm smoking pot or that person's smoking pot, it's wafting back and forth between. There's no real hard-cut rule there yet because we don't haven't really defined what a house is. Is um, you're you're right. The, the rules aren't clear, and unfortunately, it puts our police in a very uncomfortable position because they're going to have to try to negotiate where they don't really have rules yet, and um, it's going to be tough. And the, what you say about the duplexes, triplexes, I guess that whole all the common areas are part of the residence, right? So um, you know how we deal with that uh, in a common area, a shared porch or a shared front stoop, whatever it is. And, and here I'm talking with an alderman. I'm listening to the chief of police last night. We're two weeks away from January 1st at the recording of our conversation. And there's all of these questions that nobody has answers to. And it, it sounds to me like it's going to be you know, a trial by fire come January 1. And it's going to be trial by fire after trial by fire because now we've got an ordinance coming to the city council for um, consumption on site downtown. And that's, what does that mean? It means that at the current uh, medicinal um, uh, site where you can buy medicinal, where we'll be able to buy, uh, not me personally, but uh, others can buy recreational marijuana beginning January 1, they'll be able to go inside and uh, there's a petition to allow people to try out the, the smoking marijuana inside and it'll have a 10 p.m. closure time. So I think we're going to load up our downtown with people that are there for no other purpose but to get high. Not for medicinal reasons, but to just get high. And this 
I'm really worried about the infused products where you, you can get high without having to smoke and people won't really know how to judge their, uh, their uh, limits and uh, the timing of the impact. And by the way, THC affects individual biological bodies differently from one to the next. Um, but the biggest impact I'm worried about is our youth, our children, that, that we've kind of opened the door to acceptability to something that's really not acceptable. It's a waste of our time and energy and gifts that God gave us and putting those to not the best uses. I think the lure of tax money is just irresistible to a lot of government entities. Our state, in particular, with uh, Governor Pritzker, just they, whether it would be the, I mean, I'm old enough to remember the lottery was supposed to make sure that every school got funded and every pothole got filled, and we know what happened there. We're going to pay a price for that, you know, the revenue that we gain, and I think you're right. Um, that there's the revenue to the government, and then there's the private profit to those that will uh, traffic in this uh, type of stuff uh, legally now, and there's big money in this, and, I, and it's unfortunate. I think there's some um, uh, investigation showed how much um, um, campaign contributions were floated around before, were given before the vote in the General Assembly, and there was a lot of money passing around by private parties to get legislators to be agreeable to this experiment called recreational marijuana. Mm-hmm. I, I have voiced my, my uh, dissent and my opinion in letter and email as well. And of course, you know, the overwhelming majority just smells the tax money and, and, and everything else that goes with it. I, I do see a lot of problems coming down the pike uh, and even with driving and, and impaired drivers and uh, a 10 p.m. curfew on a place where you can test out pot. I mean, who's going to monitor these people leaving at 10 o'clock and, and so forth? So now that the cow is out of the barn and January 1 is about upon us, uh, I mean, what do we do other than, you know, pray and say, you know, next time we'll take a, a strong stand? I mean, where does this leave us? I think it leaves us with um, parents and adults and uh, responsible individuals uh, speaking up in our families and letting our children know that marijuana is uh, a bad, uh, it's just a bad uh, uh, idea. Here's what I have to say, you know. I mean, I believe that you can drink a beer and not be drunk. But you smoke a joint, and I'm, t- I'm talking from firsthand experience. You know, I'm, I was graduated high school in 1980, and I... And I smoked pot, and I smoked a lot of it. You cannot smoke a joint and not be high. So, the, so my rationale for not going out and, and, and buying, you know, whatever the legal amount is come January 1 is, very simple. I have a hard enough time making good decisions when I'm sober. <laughs> Why would I impair myself to make and set myself up for even greater disaster in my life? So I'm, I'm an advocate of teaching our kids, telling our families, listen, this is not a good thing. This is not going to help you make good decisions in life. Well, that's right. It's a waste of time. It does impair your judgment. And I smoked my first pot as a senior in high school in 1970. You know, a person I respected said, hey, this will expand your mind. This will make you more creative. And, and that's part of the, the inducement of marijuana. It fools you. It thinks it's like a, fall, it's like a fool's gold. Um, but it doesn't make you smarter, and it doesn't make you more insightful. But you think you are. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. You think you're the king of the world when you're really just acting dumb and stupid. In the military, you know, I served 30 years in the Illinois Army National Guard. I think the last time I smoked any pot was um, about 1984, I would think. And then beginning in 1988, the National Guard began to really 
um, test with your analysis samples our, our, our troops and our units. And so for 23 years, I had to give briefings throughout the state of Illinois at all our armories talking about how um, marijuana and drug use is incompatible with military service. We're minute men. We have to be ready to go on the minute. And I would say that to every parent. Yeah. You don't know when your child is going to be choking, when your child is going to fall down the basement stairs. You have to be ready. You have to be minute men for your children. And, uh, and it might be grandchildren. And I think, you know, you need a state of mind where you're ready to... Uh, respond to any situation and you can't respond properly when you're when you're doped out and you'll leave uh, sharp knives on the table you'll leave something in the garage that's that's uh, dangerous to a kid because you become forgetful you become when you're high you become forgetful you become less uh, conscious of your actions so um, I think we just got to keep saying this and, and you know we're against drunk driving of course you know we're against people losing their um, but, but marijuana is different than, than alcohol in at least two ways. It's got a psychological aspect to it. And then number two, it's a secretive type of drug. When you're drinking, everybody knows you can smell it on your breath. You know that person's been drinking. Um, and there's no other way to get alcohol in your body by, except by drink. Marijuana, you've got all these... Um, edibles now. Edibles now. And, and I think employers won't know that someone's high. Uh, a, a spouse won't know their spouse just came home high. Um, children will get high not knowing it. People leave the edibles on the table. Animals, dogs will be getting into edibles because people forget they left out the edibles uh, on the table. So, yeah, we're in a different world, but we have to stay, um, uh, 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 we have to remain loyal um, and diligent to our beliefs and our values. Well, it's been a pleasure having you with me today. I, I always enjoy, we sit in the Regional Planning Commission meeting together uh, once a month and uh, enjoy you there. And, and of course, listening to the uh, City Council, you're, you're a voice of reason in our city. And thank you very much for being with me today. Eric, this has been a pleasure and an honor to be part of your podcast. Yeah. Uh, whatever you, wherever you put this, I respect, you know, Destiny Church um, and giving up everyone a chance to appreciate the gifts and the blessings that we have on earth in America, in Springfield, in Illinois, and to live on, in this great land. Alderman Joe McMinniman, or Alderman Joe McMinniman, from now on. God bless. Have a Merry Christmas. Same to you, Eric. That was Alderman Joe McMinniman. This has been Eric's Man Cave 1962, your place to laugh, play, and relax. Adios.